Paratruth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. Do you like dogs? I do too. That's why today's episode is brought to you by BarkBox.com. Get one free extra month of BarkBox at www.getbarkbox.com forward slash Paratruth. Christian and non-Christian paranormal investigators. They have two different views. And it seems as if neither of them can ever agree on anything. So what happens when we show you the paranormal? Cross paths with Christian view. to a brand new episode of Paratruth Radio. My name is Eric. And I'm Justin. And ghost stories are found across the earth, from first world to third world countries and everything in between. How those stories are shaped is determined by both time and the people relating them. Today, we discuss some of those stories with our guest, Paul Fitzgeorge. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, for those of you listening at ParatruthRadio.com, Paranormal UK Radio Network, TMV Cafe, and Fringe Radio Network. Let's get ready to expose some lies. Paul Fitzgeorge has been an author, investigator, and paranormal enthusiast for over 20 years. He currently resides in Richmondshire, North Yorkshire, and has a diploma in parapsychology as well as psychic counseling. He is a member of the Association of the Scientific Study of Anomalous Phenomena, and is here with us today to discuss his website, English Ghosts, and many of the stories that are on it. Paul, welcome to Paratruth Radio. How are you doing this evening? I'm fine, thanks, Justin. I'm just uh, sitting here browsing through some some stuff for the sake of my memory and uh, <laughs> trying to remember how how ghosts are created and what sort of ghosts there are. <laughs> <laughs> I have that problem every day, and I'm 36 years old. So <laughs> oh, well, I just love it. It's good to keep your hand in. <laughs> <laughs> so first question I wanted to get started with with you is what got you into doing research in the paranormal? I suppose when I look back, because uh, I noticed you asked, you asked yourself one of your blogs, well, how did I get into paranormal? And for me, I've always been fascinated by the paranormal, supernatural uh, things. Like you, when you're a kid, you see the Dracula films and you... Ooh, that's good though. Uh, the, like that, that famous one, The Devil Rides Out, um, the Dennis Wheatley one, which is this one you, I mean, you're, you're both far too young to remember that, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it's a good film. And, and uh, I think the one that got me really into it was that I was watching, this is going back to well, about 40, 40 years, that's my Mac, tell me what time it is. Thanks. <laughs> uh, about 40 years ago, um, there was a BBC, uh, drama called The Stone Tape. With Jane Asher. Now that, that one was a, is a, just the study is these scientists go to this, this haunted site to, to see what this ghost is. There's, it's a maid that's seen running down the stairs in a Victorian house and she falls to her death. They don't know what made her fall to her death. And what they do there, I think Brian Blessed, you know, 
Morgan's at God, Gordon's alive, you know, from uh, that, that film. <laughs> he, he's in it as well, a very young blind Brian Blessed. And what they do is they, they take some sonic blasters to blast the, the, the area with sound so they can expose the ghost. But what they actually do is they begin to erase the latest ghost and they began to go back in time and, the, you know, older and older ghosts appear until this Neolithic ghost appears and kills them all. But yeah, that's the, that's the gist of the story. But it's based on this this idea that the surroundings actually record crisis events or um, you know, cyclic ghosts or something like that, and the, the actual area of the stones, the buildings that record the ghost. And I thought it was a really good good explanation of why we we see these things, and uh, and also it's also an understanding of why the older the ghost, the less likely you are to see as time passes by. You know, we had, when the First World War, we had a spate of First World War ghosts. Then the Second World War, we have Second World War ghosts. And then, you know, depending on the crisis. So that began to intrigue me, in, in short. Uh, and it really took off when I went to live in Whitby, in North Yorkshire, which is, of course, as all Bram Stoker fans will know, is where Bram Stoker had strokey, beardy thoughts and put together the Dracula story. Um, and I was working in the harbour department as a, as a collector of views for the harbour, and my salary was pants. I was earning very little because the local government doesn't pay much. And I thought to myself, this is a very interesting town. And there's low, it's just, Whitby's a place. Um, in fact, I was there last weekend. It's awash with ghost stories and the supernatural. I mean, we, it's got about two and a half thousand years, three thousand years of history. So, mm. you know, that's a praise. So I thought to myself, I'll make some, I'll do two things. I'll enjoy myself and I might make some money. Uh, so I started a ghost walk. So I used to do my job during the day, and I used to totter across the Harbour Bridge to the other side where the old town is, put, have a board up saying, Supernatural Whitby Walk. And I used to go around the town with groups of people at night telling ghost stories. It was great fun. Made a lot of cash, made a lot of friends, and you know, learned a lot of stories. Hmm. Cool. Well, now, speaking of just stories in general, uh, hmm. I've noticed in my research that there are very similar ghost stories told around the world. Oh, however, yeah. yeah, however, the myths tend to differ depending on the location of the story's origin. Now, do you think that that is a difference in the story, that the difference in the stories are cultural or can it simply be explained away as like the telephone effect where one person tells a story, then the recipient alters it slightly as they tell someone else? I'm thinking the way that bit in Wayne's World too, where he says that someone tells someone else and then someone tells someone else and then it multiplies and multiplies. Mm-hmm. Um, the, interestingly, there are, there are some vernacular ghosts. I think the, in the, for instance, Lapland, they have these strange Nordic ghosts that you, you don't really hear about anywhere else. But then there's a common one. I noticed one of your t-shirts has it on that the Hellhound, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. or the Gittrish, right? They, we call, <laughs> it, they call it the Gittrish here, yeah, or the, in, um, in Yorkshire, it's, the, it's also known as the Padfoot or the Skriker. Mm-hmm. And that's, the Hellhound can be, Familiar to Britain, that can be, you can find it in, uh, you know, Eastern Europe as well. And of course, Stoker uses it in Dracula, because that's mm-hmm. what Dracula turns into and comes out of the boat. So, you will, you will find variations. Funnily enough, I'm, I'm just studying sort of the Mesoamerican era now, you know, with the Toltecs, the Aztecs, the Incas. But you don't hear much about ghost stories there, funnily enough, because obviously they couldn't write they didn't have a, they, they could have a, they did have a simple form of writing, but it wasn't as, as, as prolific 
as the the writings in ancient Greece or Rome and that. So mm-hmm. those stories wise, you don't hear us, but I'm sure. That, I mean, there's the chupacabra, isn't there? That the, the oh the, yeah yeah. The, the, I mean, that's the only one I can think of off the top of my head. In right. South America, the chupacabra. You know, it's a uh, that that one comes like. But I think you'll find some that's recurring, some recurring stories, and some more odd odder ones that are particular. To, I say to the Sami people in Scan, yep, way up in the north, in the Arctic. They seem to have that strange. There was one that I don't know if you got that TV series Black Lake over there. It was you probably wonder what it was okay. It wasn't that great. <laughs> they mentioned this. They mentioned this. Sammy goes. Oh, I thought. Oh, I've never heard of one of them. You know, I sort of like sort of sprung to mind when I was that, and I was going to look into it. But to answer your question, Eric, it's, it's there are there's common ghosts that you'll find all over the world of a similar nature. And I'm just thinking because Japan, for instance, is a place where they love ghost stories. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and they they can have quite extraordinary ones, quite convoluted. <laughs> you know, I'm going. And then what happened? And I thought, well, that's a very complicated ghost. Really, what's going on? Use the big dog comes, scares the hell out of you. Run, you run. And you manage. Well, there was this person, and then he went to that. What? You know, it's a, it's very complicated, but very interesting as well. So. I suppose that there's the common story that you know, either a dog, the deceased, dead warrior, mm-hmm. that, and then there's the vernacular ones that you get specific ones in the Sami land up in the Arctic or in Japan or China, and the, you know, good old chupacabra down in South America. Okay, all right. So through all of the the stories that you've compiled uh, out of the areas that that you've done research for for the stories and everything, what area has been, in your opinion, the most haunted? Well, era or type point in time or area? Uh, just the the area of of any of those ghost stories that um, that you compiled. Like, it, was there a specific story that seemed like it was a much bigger hunting than others, or was it that entire area that you did the books on that it was just seemed like really? Yeah, haunted? I mean, the, the two the two places I concentrated on was Whitby Ghost Book was obviously Whitby, right? Whitby. Was a wet, it's a wash with ghosts. It just is. It's one of those places. I mean, Whitby is a place that goes back. Oh, well, it goes back to Saxon, not Saxon, Celt times. Then you have the Romans. Then you have the Anglo-Saxons. Then you have the Vikings. Then you have the Normans. And you, have, you know, and it, it just stacks up. And of course, what happens then is you get um, a synthesis of all the folklore because all these different uh, cultures that come in bring with it their own folklore. Um, for instance, for instance, in Whitby, for instance, there's the um, there's the church, the tops and Mary at the top, but it, that has the the Kirk of Arsel, or Church of Arsel, where there's a ghost of a creature that appears in the window because it's the protective ghost thing. But that's that's Nordic, that's a Scandinavian one that's come in. So Whitby's probably the, was a good place for me to write a lot of stories about because there just there are a lot of stories, okay. and I was lucky enough to work in the harbour department because I was working with all these guys that worked in the harbour, and they knew so many stories themselves because their fathers had seen things. The other area, of course, I covered it was in the other book was the West End ghost book. Now London, yes, it's a wash with ghosts. It's me has been there for millennia, but the West End is a particularly interesting place because that's one of the oldest parts okay. of, of London. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, you know, if you think it starts basically from Tower Hill as far as what is, well, as far as Fleet Street, really, because that's where London was. So everything else was just fields up to a couple of hundred years ago, but because the metropolitan area got bigger and bigger. 
But you get loads of ghosts there from like uh, John Donne, the, the famous uh, Tudor, uh, the doctor. Um, you know, the, ask not for whom the bell tolls and tolls for thee. Well, that was one of his problems um, that he put together. He has a, a ghostly experience there. And you've got everything from succubus and incubus that sort of, you know, soul-sucking things that live in Green Park to um, and a prolific World World War One ghosts because of the all the men that came and went to the theatre and then went to the front and died. You get them returning to the theatre. You know, you'd be seen walking up the um, Coliseum Theatre to go and sit down because there was, you know, they had a crisis. It's like, that's what's called a crisis apparition. They die suddenly, so the, the, the spirit suddenly appears back and somewhere mm-hmm. familiar to them. So those two, those were the two areas that I concentrated on. I mean, hell, I'd love to, you know, go elsewhere. And um, I'm sure if, if you go through Europe, there's, you know, towns full of ghosts. But these are the two places which were accessible to me from okay. where I am. Although it always impresses me that America seems to have so many ghosts. You know, when you think it's a relatively, once a young country, yeah. we're talking about from... Tudor times, the, the what, 16th century? Mm-hmm. But there's so many ghost stories in America. But you buy a jingle, they've been hard at it over there, sort of. <laughs> because I'm, I'm, I'm used to listening about the ghosts, right, Tiresias in the, um, the Odyssey, you know, right, the, yeah. the space file and that. The Greek mythology is full of ghosts, so, so is the Roman mythology. But I thought, buy a jingle in America, wall to wall ghosts. And then, <laughs> it was just, you know, Blink of an eye. <laughs> well, if you Definitely think about it, way. we've had way more death here compared to some areas. With yeah, different we'll go into that much. <laughs> and that sort of thing. But well, yeah. on top of that, you think of what type of melting pot that America is. And so we have people from other countries coming in, bringing their own stories, yeah. and then they're transformed into American stories. You know, they get altered and whatnot. So, um, Scandinavians, like, we're here because we, I mean, in Britain, we're, we're not a sort of, we're not a hybrid. We are a mongrel country. We have made up so many nationalities uh, over the years, and I say we've just absorbed the Saxon um, mythology, the the Viking mythology, uh, and Roman. Because um, I mean, where I am now, I'm, I'm in a place called Catrick, but it was Catriconium. It was one of the main garrison towns for the the wall, the imperial border oh, behind okay. me. It's just, I mean, the border, the the Hadrian's Wall, which is the, the northern most border of the Roman Empire, is about 60 miles north of me from here. Uh, and what I am now was just awash with you know, Roman sites. Uh, there was a fort. Uh, and then, of course, what happens, the Saxons built over that. And then the Vikings built over that. So we have this huge sort of mishmash. But like, but, but as with yourselves, you've got the Scandinavians. You have the Eastern European folklore that comes into it. And of course, you've got the Native American Indian, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Which is which is that you think, I'd say you think you'd hear about more about Indian, you know, ghosts from the Indian area. I, mean, I don't know, maybe you do or don't. Uh, from a from a sort of psychic story point of view. Yeah, you know, it's weird because uh, in America you would think you would know hear a lot more about Native American ghost lore, and we actually mm-hmm. don't hear too much about ghost lore itself. We hear more about cryptids and things like that from the Native American side of stuff. Not that there isn't ghosts, um, but yeah, you know, it, it is kind of weird that we don't we don't hear more of that. I don't know if that has something to do with uh, just the transition of mm-hmm. everyone coming from Europe and, and you know uh, striking war against Native Americans and how everything just kind of shifted. But 
Well, I suppose there's, well, there's, a, there's, a, there's the tie, as I said before, we, you know, some of my stories cover the you know, World War One ghosts, some of them cover the Civil War ghosts, like right. Captain Brent Bush from Bagdale. He hasn't been seen for a long, long time. And as I mm-hmm. say, the further we get from the, 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 um, the main apparition, although there is one that I think was seen quite recently, it was the Roman auxiliaries. Um, so in York, which is just about 60 miles from me here in play York, which is, was called Eberacum in Roman history, that's where Constantine the Great was crowned emperor. Um, okay. in Constantinople. I mean, funny enough, I was over in, in Turkey uh, a couple of weeks back mm. in Istanbul, and of course, this is where Con- here in England, this is where Constantine was, was made emperor, and where the Septimius Severus, the emperor, died in York 60 miles ago. But the, these Roman auxiliaries walk in the basement of the old treasurer's house in York. But the interesting thing is they're only seen from the knee upwards. You know, they're in full armour, no. shields mm-hmm. and that, you know, like, like Ben-Hur, they're all marching out right. to some, you know, load of hairy Saxons that are causing trouble down the road. But they're walking out knee-led because what they're doing is they're actually walking at the right level for them because that's right. the level. You know, the, the actual but, road right. is below that building in the basement and it's about three foot below the area we're walking. So they're marching out. They, they apparently look very tired and haggard because they're having a hard time. The you know, the fire's imploding at that point, about 360. And they're the auxiliaries, the actual Britain, Romano-British that are left because the Romans have all departed back to um, the, the empires that implode. <laughs> well, now, there, there's a, a lot of paranormal investigators around the world who are out there trying to catch an image of a ghost, video, <laughs> EVP, et cetera, et cetera. And the main reason for that is to figure out what happens after death. Is there life after death? Mm-hmm. What are ghosts? What are the origins? Uh, I mean, in your research, I know you've done some research to, uh, tr- I guess, somewhat determine what ghosts actually are or where they come from. Can you go into a little bit uh, of that for us? I mean, the ghosts, you, you, you break them down into various categories. I mean, you know, there's, the, there's the crisis apparition. Um, the crisis apparition, as I say, remember the First World War ghost I was talking about, where suddenly somebody dies, someone mm-hmm. else. I mean, a typical one of that. It's a pretty gory story, but it's the one where the, the mother and daughter are walk, walking past a place in Whitby by the post office, and they see a soldier with no head. And it goes, mm-hmm. he's actually just died out. At the front, there's a scene back in the town. In fact, I walked past the post office on Sunday, the same place, where his, his body or his figure was seen by the post office. And that's what's known as a crisis apparition. Again, the same one where the young lieutenant walks down the Colosseum Theatre in London. He's walking back into his seat at the theatre because he suddenly dies and he, he suddenly appears back there. So that would be the crisis apparition. Your cyclic recording ghost is the one, the ghost that happens occurs the same time of the year, the same place, the same time, exactly every year. And that that's cyclic recording ghosts. Um you've got the Marian apparitions which are Virgin Mary. That's that's that's, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a bit of a hybrid that one. Um and yes I, I suppose in, in really the, the there are various various um points of, of origin of different ghosts. Um but they they, they all have a sort of Basis on on an event, really. I, I suppose is that is that sounding too simple? <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, it's a, a quick browse of my of the um, the old book here because I always keep a, I think the, the poltergeist. I mean, poltergeist. That's just a, a rather strange. Although that's usually centered around younger kids. 
you know, there's a sort of age uh, that that can that can be more specific to. Uh, you got you got the weird and wonderful like the doppelganger or mm. the, the you know the double person, uh, which is known in Whitby as the waft, which is yourself. So mm. you, Justin, would walk into a shop. What's what's your local town? Uh, I live in Bismarck. Right, you a, a good German <laughs> name there. You walk into Bismarck, you know, like, walk in your local sort of sweetie shop, and suddenly you see yourself. Uh, and of course, that is a, a ghost of you. But the, uh, the the terrible thing about the doppelganger, obviously, is the doppelganger is a soul stealer. So if you saw yourself at the end of the shop, you have to do something very, very quickly to save yourself, which is to challenge it. So you get you get these strange ghosts the, that are sort of the peculiar to German folklore. That I say that the, um, the doppelganger. Uh, restless spirits are the usual ones that need to be put to rest. Uh, they've just died suddenly. Or the, I, I keep thinking is there a similarity between the crisis apparition and the restless spirit? But the restless spirit is, is there some reason why it just will not rest, and you have to do X, Y, Z. But that's the various types of ghosts that I'm familiar with um, in, my, in my sort of researches. And I usually try when I write about them. I usually try and put, um, you know, the traditional deathbed apparition where somebody sees something at death. But mm. I usually try and rather than just say a ghost story. I usually try and give a, a reason for it. Um, like the, the the famous one, of course, is the one in the British Museum. There's several ghosts there, mm. and of course, this this ghost about them. But if you ever go to London and you get or, or your listeners, if you get on at Holborn. And head towards Tottenham Road on the Albia, the Piccadilly and Central Line. There is still an old station left, completely intact, halfway across. But it's, it used to be called British Museum, but it got taken out of the line about 100 years ago. And uh, now, well, actually, not about 80 years ago, because they, they recited the stations. But on this station has been seen the ghost of an Egyptian mummy. And, and whoa, you know, the driver goes, oh, an Egyptian mummy. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, an, an Egyptian princess apparently shrieks down the tunnels because the Trump, the thing you got point you got there is you've got remember we we're talking about the stone tape you've got mm-hmm. a building chock full of memories and, people, and mummies and God knows what else naturally you, you'd expect something strange to be going around in the environs because simple presence of all these artifacts of ancient times right right does that make sense I mean, it does oh yeah yeah um, one thing that you had brought up um, is, is there's different types. And, uh, you know, one that you had said is the doppelganger, which I don't know if you know this, but actually Abraham Lincoln had seen his doppelganger before oh, he was assassinated. Yeah. And um, I found that, like, super fascinating. But uh, one that is closer to your area, which Eric and I have done a show on before, is the Banshee. Have you ever cro- come across any stories of the Banshee? Ban- the banshee tends to be more across the water in Ireland. That's that's a that's Tidmoda. Although the nearest we get in this area was a was a, um, a well a banshee by any other name was it was called, called Junior Biggersdale, um, and this is a shrieking, horrible witch stroke sprite that lived in the uh, just outside Whitby in the, in okay. the, in the there's a little stream that goes down by, um, I forget what the name the, the stately home is, but there's a place there. And of course, it's, it's interesting how, remember, I think Eric, you were saying that how 
stories can be transmitted from one person to another, like a telephone right. thing. Well, do you know the biggest deal of the story about her is, is this chap goes to the pub, has lots and lots of drink, and says, I am going to go and tease Genia Biggersdale because I'm feeling butch and tough and all that stuff. So he gets on his horse, clumps over to this uh, plate, this wood where she's supposed to live, and says, Genia Biggersdale, I call you, you know, you're all wind and whoosh or whatever. Let's just say he said something of a less than nice nature. <laughs> and takes exception to this and begins to chase him. So when he sees that he suddenly sobers up, gets on his horse and starts... Doing the, uh, the cowboy bit to try and get him. <laughs> and, and of course, there's this, there's this, this sort of, um, legend trait, if you like, about that witches or banshees that can't crush, or vampires can't right. crush running water. Right. It, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. So now he manages to jump with his horse across the water, but just as he jumps, she catches up and <laughs> cuts his horse in two. And he lands Fortunately, on the other side of the stream, on the front half of the horse, and she's gnashing away at the, the, the poor horse's back. But the thing that, when I used to tell that story, the thing that struck me was, it reminds me of another story. Do you, what story does it, does it remind you of any other particular story? In the, in the English or British folklore? Have this horseman? Uh, it's kind of similar. It's similar to Rabbi Burns. <laughs> you know Rabbi Burns? Okay. Okay. Alright, yeah. yeah. Cutty Sark, uh, you know, he, and he's, he does exactly the same. You know, he goes to tease, tease this witch, Cutty Sark, and she chases him. And I mean, there's, yeah, I think Malcolm Arnold, the composer, did a piece of music about the whole thing. And she chases him, and exactly the same thing. She goes to cut him, but he manages to get across the other side. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, but he, he, his horse is lucky, it just gets his tail cut off. <laughs> the one down here gets cut in half. But you <laughs> see, we are what? 120 miles away from, Dumfries, where Rabbi Buns, because I used to live up that way. Oh. Rabbi Buns actually lived and wrote these stories or, and heard about them. So there's obviously that piece of folklore there that's transmitted its way down here. And these are all related to the Banshee, which is, is a, a, when you did your research, was it more mostly in Ireland you found it? Ireland, located? part of Scotland. Actually, there are folklore of uh, Banshees here in America, but... Uh, from what we could tell, maybe that was from the the Irish migrating to America and that sort of thing. The Irish, the Scots, basically, I'm just I'm, I was born in Glasgow actually myself, so I'm forget this right. I think the Irish invaded Scotland or the Scots invaded Ireland, and, and they kept on invading each other mm. for a long time. Yeah, this is this is before the Romans, in fact. I think the Romans thought, oh, I've had enough of this, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, so, well, that, let them get on with it because, you know, it's just good. Uh, and so you get a very close connection between the two, uh, yeah, Irish and Scottish. There's, the, the, a lot of the folk was very, very, although you don't get leprechauns in Scotland because right. <laughs> nobody gives away money in Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> My wife is part <laughs> Scottish and that's the, one of the common things I hear is the Scottish are, are very, very uh, stingy with their money. Mind you, the Yorkshiremen are just as good. They're very good at that. I think Yorkshire, they have this saying, ne'er give out for out. If that does give out, give it to the sin. You know, <laughs> I, I, I dare keep his wife happy, keep her hungry, barefoot and pregnant. <laughs> That's Yorkshiremen for you. <laughs> 
Well, now, okay, so we, we brought up the Banshee, and you actually mentioned Leprechauns, and so this gets us into the, the like, an idea of the uh, classification of spirits. And mm-hmm. obviously, when we talk about ghosts, or someone mentions ghosts, we think uh, human in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, of course, we see through lore, demonic entities, the Banshee, which is sometimes considered some other something other than human. Uh, mm-hmm. Where in your research do you find that, like, demonic entities or the jinn and things like that tend to uh, be classified as, or what, what are they, what are they considered for their origins and whatnot? Yeah, the, the, there's one, I was just fingering through the, the old things. The incubus, have you ever heard of the incubus? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, the incubus and the secubus. That, that's an interesting one. Um, I mean, Green Park in London is where, where, where that, I mean, classification wise, you know, how long's a piece of string? Where, where do you start? Where <laughs> okay. <you> finish? Uh, <laughs> but, but that was an interesting one, the Incubus and the Secubus, because uh, this 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 uh, Secubus, um, I think, well, the, I'm just trying to remember which one's the, one's the male and one's the other. Succubus um, is male, Succubus is female. Yeah. That's it. The Succubus, obviously, this one in Green Park, used to prey on tramps in, in, underneath trees. Um, but there was an interesting um, fact that the... Monastic orders used to have, you know, the monks used to be cleared up. They used to be, oh, morning and saying they were dreaming about it. And there was, there was thought that they were just making it up. So they could have naughty relationships and would be, oh, what I was to me last night, Bishop, and I don't know what happened, but ooh, it was not a little girl down the corner. Absolutely not. It was a sticky bus and she was all over me. Uh, so you, you get this sort of, yeah, good excuse. But, uh, and, um, yeah, you get these demonic, as you see, Eric, you get these demonic ones. I mean, you get the same, just plain animal ghosts. I mean, that, mm-hmm. uh, Grim or Kirk of Arsenal, which was either the cat or the, in some cases, a donkey, for God's sake, seen in the window as the protective guardian of the church, but it's a ghost of an animal. And I guess, uh, my wife and I, and I, Rosie, we, uh, she, she's big in the horses. We think animals are just as much, you know, have got just as much of a soul as the rest of us. Mm. So you get these, um, these ghosts of uh, animal forms and you get the uh, various demonic ones and you get the witches and whatever and you get the people. So uh, classification wise, it's, it's, it's a hard one. I suppose, you know, some of those are going to be an encyclopedia to tell you what's what. Right. Um, but, um, I tend to take the stories as I see them. I don't mean, for instance, what about the one about the, the Boston's chair in Whitby where there used to be this, this bar in what used to be an old sail loft. I mean, Whitby's, well, a lot of the ships that went to America were built in Whitby. The other Whitby Collier cats that Captain Cook sailed on, they were transports. And this, the chap mentions, who's uh, the main supervisor that worked for me, uh, he used to look after this bar. One night he was in by himself just changing some of the beer kegs around. And he saw this chair. There were Boston's chairs by the bar because it was a nautical bar. Mm-hmm. And he's seen it begin to go back and forward and get bigger and bigger. And of course he legged it, you know, he ran away. But what was that? Uh, and basically it was the, the invisible form of a ghost. Um, so I, I suppose classification wise, it, it, it varies on the apparition really, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. All right. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, 
And for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book. And together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts. So do you still get people giving you your stories after you did the books saying, oh, hey, this guy's written a book about this? When I was doing my walks, Justin, that's, that's, that did happen. Um, the most interesting one, which I, which I, I, I felt was quite good, was the champ said, oh, I like the stories, blah, blah, blah. I said, oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, he said, uh, I want to tell you one. I said, oh, well, because I always like to hear stories because it, it Increases my knowledge and data right. of it. Yep. Mm-hmm. He used to work at a factory in Leeds. Now Leeds is a metropolitan city. Yeah, just down about 60 miles down the road in Yorkshire. You're one of the biggest say, cities in the UK. And he worked in a factory and he used to, he, he finished his work, he used to go out the, the, the front at night, just go home. And what happened is over the years, they changed the front of the factory because it, it used to be an old gatekeeper's hut in the front and a mm-hmm. fence. And the men would come out and they'd check out and then go out the fence. But they changed it to a simple gate and a, a pass this, you know, like an electric pass to pass in and pass out. So he was walking out one night, you know, and as he walked out, he was, had, you know, when you walk out, you're walking and you have something on your mind and it sort of takes up all your thinking space and you're just, mm-hmm. the motions to get home or whatever. So he walked out. As he walked out, he came to the, the, this old gatekeeper something and he said, old Fred was saying, said, Oh, good night, Charlie. So, oh, good night, Fred. I'll see you in the morning. And they kept on walking. And he walked for about, ooh, three, four hundred yards. And before he stopped in his tracks, he said, hang on. Fred's dead. Uh, and, uh, and he suddenly realized he'd walked through what had been the entrance ten years before. And old Fred, the gatekeeper, had been there at his gatekeeping post. But the gate was now an electronic gate and a, a, a brand new, you know, newish modern frontage. But he walked right through what had been the entrance and said good night to Fred. And he, he said, I couldn't understand it. He said, I'd actually seen the old guy in his, his hut and the old entrance, but I hadn't taken note of it because I had this thing on my mind and walked out. So I don't know how you class that. But it's almost like a, almost like a going back in time. He's gone out and he's gone through what was there years before. Mm-hmm. It wasn't there, there, there anymore. And you, you find some, I mean, occasionally, see, for instance, we were watching Medium tonight, um, with, I forget what the name of the actress is, you know, the, the Mrs. Mrs. Dubois. And she, it was a similar story to that where she had gone back in time in, in one of her stories and being perfectly normal, she thought, but it wasn't because the whole thing wasn't there anymore. It, you know, this was the future and that was the past, which I thought was quite interesting. Hmm. I still haven't worked out how you get that into a story yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, do you think uh, when it comes to spirits making connections with the living, hmm. uh, do you think that's something that it, it, the, the living has to open the door to? Or do you think it's just like, okay, for example, uh, this, this friend or, uh, that you were just talking about, he had something else completely different on his mind and it may have kind of opened him up to this possibility of 
something reaching through. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think some people are um, naturally inclined to be able to to, um, to receive messages, visions, pictures with that. Yeah, you know, I see my, my, my wife she keeps having premonitions, which she tells me about after the event. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I said, you, you told me about that before. I wouldn't be sitting here on fire. You know, I, said, you know, I knew this was going to happen. I said, well, that's a lot of good, isn't it? <laughs> 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 like yesterday, I wouldn't be, you know, buying bullets and whatever that. <laughs> but but see, there are some people that, um, basically I just tuned into it a lot better than, I'm not, uh, this is my curse. I write and write and discuss mm, strokey beard and all that business. I don't have any experiences at all. I just, I just, I have not had any uh, supernatural, paranormal experience myself. But there's so many people I know that do, um, mm-hmm. and, and can actually. Uh, my mother, my father always said my mother was a witch, but I don't think she's <laughs> cheeky. <laughs> But she could usually, she actually did have premonitions. She could actually think of something before and tell me about it before it happened. <laughs> um, there are people who can actually sense, sense things. A friend of mine, when she was a young girl, um, she was in a, about 10 years old, sitting in the front room, and she saw this tablecloth rise off the table and then mm-hmm. slowly descend. And she got this, this smell, and it was a, it was a grandmother. She could smell a grandmother, but a grandmother had been dead for 10, 20 years. Well, you know, well, 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 actually, no, she couldn't be ten. She must have been dead for about five years. Otherwise, she wouldn't have remembered them, would she? Got uh, to get your time spans right. But she felt that her grandmother was actually in the room with her. She could smell her. She could and the sense of it. But she could sense that sort of thing. Uh, whereas people like me, I, I don't know how you two chats uh, fare, but I, I'm, you know, I'm dead in the water. <laughs> <Dead>. <laughs> I just don't don't get any signals. Um, I get get to write about them and I get to investigate them. But right. people I know uh, have a lot have a lot more um, tuned into them, basically. Mm-hmm. Well, I've come across several people in the paranormal field that do the research for stuff, but they've never had a single mm-hmm. experience in their life. So, I mean, it, it's probably more common than you think. They they do the research, mm. but they're like, I, I can't tell you one way or the other because it's never happened to me. I'm just telling you what I've researched. So one thing that I wanted to bring up to both of you guys, because it's actually something I heard on somebody else's uh, show, is the concept of maybe ghosts being um, a, a glimpse into the past rather than it being the actual soul of, of a person or something. Because I uh, we think of time as linear, but a lot of quantum physics, uh, people are saying time isn't linear. It's more than that. So what are your thoughts on it actually being more of a time travel or a time loop kind of a thing compared to like dead spirits? Funny enough, Justin, funny you should say that. I was watching <laughs> a, a, a program today about the uh, Incas, the, the, you know, the lords, mm-hmm. the, the, the clouds, you know, the, the pictures, things like that. Mm-hmm. Their constant of time was quite different to the Western one. They they saw time as three strands running parallel. There was okay. the present, the past, and the future, and they're all running concurrently. Um, so you you could, in fact, what you're doing now could affect or be part of the past. Or, or it's a quite it's quite hard one to get your head right. right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you see the diagram. Yeah, it's very interesting. 
but how does it work? You know, yeah, you think, <laughs> my past person really hates you, but I, present, I really like it. No, that can't. <laughs> <laughs> they had a, they had a different concept of time. Yeah, I see they had, had this three, three line parallelism mm. that was running the, around them. And yes, I suppose the, going back to the stone tape with Jane Asher, this business of it being a recording, you know, mm. it's actually a, on a, on a tape. It'd be interesting. The, the thing is that um, what we question we had to ask ourselves and why, what, does anybody see a future ghost? Right. Yeah. Because uh, I'm just trying to think of, um, you know, an instance where people, although I think I, I, I probably did see many years ago, it's one story about people seeing the future. You know, it, it, do we see future ghosts? Do we see images of the future? Mm-hmm. Uh, I suppose that would be a, what would you call that? Seeing something in the future? Premonition? I suppose, but, <laughs> but because you think how, how, how finite is time? How much time will humanity go forward? Right. right. <laughs> Which begs the question if, it's, if we're not seeing anything, does this mean we're all going to get zapped a week next Tuesday? <laughs> <laughs> Eric, what about again, you? Back to the other time I said, we see less and less of the older ghosts now. Right. Yeah. I don't know about you, but most of my stories tend to be, well, there's one or two that go back a while, but they are actually folklore that's been written. They, most of the ghosts seem to be about what? Max that I've seen 400 years, four or 500 years. The occasional one renegade like the Romans in York. Right. Yeah. Does, does that then mean that time fades and the go, the apparitions strength or power of transmission or whatever fades with it? And again, why don't we see the future ghosts? Um, that that would be an interesting concept because yeah. see, there's a lot of trouble actually could tell us what we're going to be. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, where's, what's your thought on that? Well, I mean, I, I think it's hard to hard to fathom the idea of seeing past or future ghosts, especially when you start thinking of intelligent hauntings. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, I've done you and I have done investigations, Justin, where we ask questions and we receive an answer immediately. Uh, we see it on TV, knocks and, you know, things like that. And, and so I guess at that point you have to question like, okay, it, unless there is a future ghost who's already seen you ask that question before and is therefore responding. Right. Then the ghost itself has to actually be there in reality as, a, you know, as an intelligent haunting. So I don't, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I really believe that concept. I don't know if I can really fathom it right now, but well, I'd love to <laughs> see more information and research on it, though. That's for sure. As Paul said, it's hard to wrap your mind around any of it, really. Because yeah. it begs the question of time travel. Like, you know, we, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm so, I'm 62, so I, I remember when we used big phones. <laughs> and indeed, you know, I had a life then. I could actually put the phone down and just bugger off. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the phones, you got to think, oh, everybody's trying, everybody can contact me anytime. It's hell. But, um, the, the, I suppose with the, thinking about the, the, the future and time travel, because I, I like H.G. Wells, for instance, his concept of, of the, the, you know, being able to travel in time. Mm-hmm. Why don't we see them? Or does that mean there's not going to be time travel? Or does that mean they can't come back? Or, or, or whatever? Or does it mean, you know, are we on a, 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 would they affect the time stream so we can't see them? I don't know. But it'd be, it's in, it'd be interesting. Because then we'd have to invite, try, invent, try and travel, and then that would completely change history. Because then, from that point on, they'd be able to come back. 
I'll stop there. <laughs> <laughs> it's really confusing. You know, I watch a, a TV show uh, called The Legends, Tomo- Legends of Tomorrow, and they're time travelers. And so they're constantly going back and forth in the past and future, but they can't let the past know that they're from the future, and the future can't really know that they're from the past. Mm-hmm. And so they're constantly on this struggle about how it is you time travel and yet allow the world to continue its existence without the influence of the time traveler itself. And it is just by far the most difficult thing to understand sometimes, mm. you know, as you're sitting there watching it. But I mean, that was like the, the I quite like that series, Librarians, who seem to be able mm-hmm. to. Oh, yeah. Although they, yeah. they were less inclined to go forward, they were more, they were more right. inclined to go back. Um in, in travel, there's been there's been several series actually that they, like of Star Trek, you're the prime directive. Uh, <laughs> that, 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 I tell you, they've they've they messed up so many time streams, mate. So I wonder what they are. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but I like the old, the, even the old one links up the new one, and that I thought, oh, that's a good connection, <laughs> you know, because you're getting you're getting Star Trek Next Generation. Because I see one of the guys, the the um, the chap that did the West End book, narrated the West End ghost book for me, went the ghost book Time Winters. He was, he's actually been in Star Trek. He was a Cardassian apparently. In, oh, okay. In episode The Wounded. And I said to him, whoa, but this time stream's, oh, don't worry about it, Paul. It's all very, it's all very nice. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> they, 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 I like the way that they, the next generation actually interfaces with the older one and then they can actually interface with the, 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 the one for, for anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm looping as I speak. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Paul, unfortunately, we are at the end of the episode mm-hmm. here. Uh, so what I want to do is just give you a moment to tell people where they can find you, where they can find your books, and, of course, sure. any other info you'd like to share. For sure. Well, I'm, and your wonderful listeners want to be, get my my mighty works. Uh, they're all available on, on um, audible.com and on Amazon. Um the West End Ghost Book, that's narrated by, I said, Time Winters, US actor, uh, been in a lot of the things, Columbo, I'd say, Cardassian, whatever. And he did the Way Whitby Ghost Book. And the other two Christmas customers were Whitby when Dracula met the Jabberwocky, which is about Charles Dickens and Lewis Carroll in Whitby. Uh, that's narrated by Petrina Kingham. She's an ex, ex barrister, would you believe, an ex lawyer. Huh? Moved across into narration. Uh, you can check me out my website with all, all the details are on there on www.englishghosts.com. Uh, and by all means, get on there. There's a contact form or you, you can see my email address on LinkedIn. Send me an email. I'm more than happy to answer the questions any of your listeners may have. Awesome. All right. Well, Paul, I'm going to have you hold on for just a moment. But, folks, again, this is Paul Fitzgeorge. I hope you guys are enjoying the show. We will be right back to Parachute Radio after this break. Hey, Parafans, do I have a deal for you. The people over at Loot Crate are giving our listeners a 10% savings on any new subscription at LootCrate.com. Loot Crate is this awesome monthly mystery smorgasbord of a package that you get stuffed with different things from different genres, such as Zelda, Fallout, Harry Potter, and so many more. So to get your 10% savings, make sure you go to TryLootCrate.com forward slash paratruth. Again, that's trylootcrate.com forward slash paratruth and enter bridge 10 to get 10% savings on any new subscription. 
a creature emerges from his slumber, only to be told he is a griffin with the name Achilles. The twisted mind of Dr. York Hampshine believed he could keep such a creature in a lab without consequences. However, bigger secrets are being revealed. What is this mad scientist doing with creatures and humans? The Legendary Creatures Project The Griffin by Justin Conciliere, available now at Amazon.com. Get your copy today before the lights get turned off on this project. Hey, this is Eric, and you're about to listen to the audio trailer of my short film, The Revealed, which is now streaming worldwide. Check it out at ericscareback.com, parachutesradio.com, and YouTube. The links are provided in the description of this episode. Start from the beginning. When did it all begin? Hello? Are you okay? That old growth chart. This has led many scholars to question whether the God that we serve is truly omnipotent, omniscient, spiritual, or simply a New Age extraterrestrial, while others are led to question, are we truly alone in the universe? So, these dreams... They're different this time around. folks welcome back to paratruth radio my name is justin and i'm eric and we were just talking to paul fist george about english ghosts uh his two books the whitby ghost book and the west end ghost book i i don't know if i can say this about many of our guests but couldn't stop laughing with <laughs> talking to him and then we we have the video going for us so we would see his his facial expressions or his his mannerisms, and it was just it was just a fun time. So um, I hope you guys go check out EnglishGhosts dot com. That's where he posts his blogs, his books, as well as you can find them, as he said, on Amazon and Audible. So anything uh, pop up for you, like interesting wise, what he had to say. Um, I, I mean, we discussed a lot of things today and, you know, I think some of it was familiar to us. Some of it were, uh, new concepts. The one thing that I, I find interesting, uh, it w- was his idea about how some of these older spirits seem to fade away as time moves on or time moves forward. And it's something I never really thought about because w- when you do think about, uh, the Roman Empire and you think about the many wars, you know, we don't really hear about ghost stories or people currently seeing ghost phenomena supernatural phenomena based around those M, uh those roman wars or even right. the wars of the bible you know we we don't hear anything about it like what happened it just disappeared and so like you know why is it that these that these ghosts don't sh- you know from like biblical times why do we not hear about these hauntings or see such things uh can it be that time really does fade and therefore the presence of the spirits do as well which then, of course, brings up a secondary question, which kind of goes into uh, what you brought up at the end there, the whole time idea of time travel and timelines and stuff like that. If, indeed, as time fades, the spirits do too, does that mean that the spirits themselves aren't really there and that they're just a figment of time? 
and that's why they're fading. Because it wouldn't really make sense that a spirit would lose its power over time. It's constantly gaining energy, right? You know, as it feeds off. Especially nowadays, where uh, there's more for a spirit to feed off of, more electronics, you know, more whatever uh, to get its juice. So, if if that is really what's going on, anyways, you know, because right. But it both concepts. The, what he brought up with sound would make sense. Sound eventually dissipates over time. So mm-hmm. if if the ghosts are nothing more than an echo, then it would make sense. Same thing yeah. with with the time loop. If we're getting further and further away from that particular time line as as we go on, we would see less and less of it. Right. So uh I I think that those are two really cool concepts of it because still today doing the paranormal radios we have and paranormal research for almost 10 years now, we're still no closer to an answer than we were when we first started 10 years ago. No. Yeah. So. <laughs> You're right. I mean, <laughs> you would think by now there'd be some type of evidence to really give us clear cut, definitive answers to our questions. But <laughs> alas, it is not there, which of course brings us yet again, or at least brings me to the basis for scripture, which is that <laughs> there are certain things God isn't going to allow us to know until our own death. Uh, it's just, you know, there's always those, an- those questions that are not going to be answered. The, right. myst- the mystery. Well, um, our friend Jim Harold, who's been doing it only a couple of years longer than we have, he's said the same thing. I still have, I have more questions than I have answers. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So it is in the way of the supernatural. <laughs> oh, so much fun. So yeah, it's, uh, that's the, the end of the, the episode for the ghosts guys. So I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Paul Fitzgeorge and, uh, definitely, like I said, when we came back from break, check out his website, EnglishGhosts.com, as well as his books. Uh, I, I, I think that, uh, he would really appreciate even just a conversation from you guys. Maybe you can share some of your ghost stories with him from the states because as he said, his, his research has only been to those two areas because that's where he had concentrated mostly. Um, so I do want to, to bring up again this week. If you guys haven't checked it out, check out paratruthradio.com. Check out the merchandise area where we've got our new T-shirts. Uh, as uh, Paul had mentioned, we have two Hellhound T-shirts plus the one of ourselves and one of just our logo and what we're, we're deeming the vintage logo of Paratruth Radio. So um, definitely check those out and uh, make sure you're checking out Paranormal UK Radio Network. TMV Cafe, as well as Fringe Radio Network and RadioPodcast.com. Uh, do you have any closing words or thoughts or on anything? Uh, no, I don't actually. All right. So, all right, folks, that is it for the episode. Make sure you're checking out all of those great networks and checking out ParatruthRadio.com. If nothing else, just check what we have there because we've got a bunch of great things. We've got our... Uh, sponsors as well, as well as the couple of blogs that we've done. Um, and uh, that is about it. So until next week, where you will hear us same time, same channel. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. 
Peace. Comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotis, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, yeah. right? And, yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Chipotas. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.